Oh, Lord, we are so thankful for that, for that song, for that promise, for your word that you never stop working. You work behind the scenes. You work when we're asleep. You work when we're awake. You work in our coming and our going, and we are thankful that you attach blessing to that. And, Lord, we thank you for that, Lord. And now, oh God, as we prepare to get into your word, work in your word in our life today. May it bless us. May it strengthen us. May it encourage us. May it compel us to draw closer unto you. Keep our homes and our families safe and keep us well and strong so that we can carry on the mission of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, if you're standing, you can be seated at home wherever you may be watching right now. So thankful for you to be with us today. Just as a reminder, as we end our service today, Pastor Lindsay will be coming back to remind you of a few things about our New Life Kids and your lessons and your videos, etc., as well as the different ways that you can give church your tithe and your offering. And I just want to say thank you. I know this is a challenging time for many of us, all of us really, and we're all in different places, but thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your obedience to the word. Thank you for honoring the Lord to continue to give. Really, truly appreciate that as we can carry on the work in the ministry here at New Life Church. Also, she'll remind us about how to, different ways that you can stay connected with this church during out this uh, social distancing time frame. And it's very important that we not distance ourselves to the point of isolation. So look for those upcoming updates this week and later today in our service. I want to invite you to open your Bibles or if you've got your smartphones to New, the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And as you're getting there, I wanted to, uh, thought I, I'd try to attempt to share a little humor with you this morning, a little humor in this season since most of us are having to be at home more than normal. And uh, I found this funny. Hopefully you will too. Said an old, tired-looking dog wanders into a guy's yard, and he examines the dog's collar and feels his well-fed belly and knows this dog obviously has a home. The dog follows him into his house, goes down the hall, jumps on the couch, gets comfortable, and falls asleep. The man thinks, hey, this is a little odd, but he lets the dog sleep, and after about an hour, the dog wakes up, walks to the door, the guy lets him out, the dog whacks his tail, and leaves. Well, the next day, the dog comes back, scratches the door. The guy opens the door. The dog comes in, goes down the hall, jumps on the couch, gets comfortable, and falls asleep. Well, the man lets him sleep again, and after about an hour, the dog wakes up, walks to the door. The guy lets him out. The dog wags his tail, and he leaves. Well, this goes on for a few days. And the guy grows really curious as to what's going on. And so he pins a note to the dog's collar that says, your dog has been taking a nap at my house every day. Well, the next day, the dog arrives, comes back to the man's house with a note pinned to his collar, a new one. The note says he lives in a home with four children. He's just trying to catch up on his sleep. Can I come with him tomorrow? <laughs> I think we're all probably trying to get caught up on sleep and other things in this season. Listen, we're starting a new series today, one I'm really excited about. It's called Great Expectations. It's going to carry us into Easter, which is just three weeks away from now. You know, at a time when life on earth is really unusual for everyone, 
God's word, it compels us to climb up and to gain a heavenly view of everything. And that's why I want to draw our attention to this one verse in 1 Corinthians 13. The Apostle Paul wrote this and he said, Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these. You know, in this series, we're going to cover three things. We're going to focus on three things. Faith, hope, love. And today, we're going to lay the foundation with a message that I've titled, Having Great Faith When Life's Not So Great. Having Great Faith When Life's Not So Great. You know, I, over the last couple of weeks, I have found myself feeling anxious. Uh, feeling sometimes doubtful. Sometimes a little fearful and kind of wondering, where's all this going? What's, what's going to happen? Why am I feeling this way during this time frame? And it kind of leaves us wondering, how can we have great faith when life's not so great? But really, this is what I've learned from the Word and what the Lord's been teaching me over these last few weeks that I want to share with you today. That having great faith doesn't mean we don't, we don't have struggles or we don't have doubts or we don't have fears or anxieties or anything like that. In fact, if you look at the Bible, throughout the entire Bible, it's full of real people who lived with great faith. You can look at one chapter in particular, Hebrews 11, famously called the Hall of Faith. You can see they lived with great faith, but at the same time, you can see they also had great struggle. They dealt with real fear. They dealt with anxiety. They dealt with, with being scared. But here's, here's what, what I learned about reading for, about those guys and about those people. Is that great faith means that though we have our struggles and though we have our fears and though we have our doubts. It means that I will still choose to believe God in all things. Doesn't mean I ignore how I feel or ignore the situation of reality that we're facing right now. It's just even though that's real and the way I feel is real, what we do is we take all of that to the Lord and we say, Lord, we give this to you because we don't know how to process it, but you do. And in exchange, he gives us his peace and his presence and all of the promises that he has for us. And that allows us to, to still believe him in all of these different things. In fact, it was said about these guys in Hebrews 11 verse 13 that all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They still believed what God had promised them. You know, in life we can find ourselves in many different places. And today I, I want to share with you a word of encouragement that I hope will help build our faith to have great faith at a time when life is not so great. And we're going to look at three places today. The place of debacle, the place of detachment, and the place of darkness. I want to look at the first one, the place of debacle. You know, in the beginning, in Genesis 1, all the way back in the beginning, our world was a debacle. Check these verses out in Chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and it was empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then verse 3 says, Then God said, The place of debacle. 
you know, notice those descriptive words that, that are given to our world at that time. It's formless. It was empty. It was, it was dark. In other words, the world at that time and has in different ways over the course of time has been out of control. It's been topsy-turvy. It's not been together. It's, things aren't in place. In other words, it's kind of chaotic. And that's kind of the way our current world is right now. And things are not in place. Things are not where they're supposed to be. Uh, from jobs to schools uh, to toilet paper, it is so hard to find these days. Had to go to two stores the other day to find some toilet paper. Things are out of place. They're, they're chaotic. They're not where they're supposed to be. But here's what is going on in this story that I believe is also happening in our time today. That when we are in a place of debacle. Notice what was happening. It said God's spirit was hovering over this and God was speaking into this. And I believe that same action is happening today from God, that his spirit is hovering over our life. In a time of debacle, when things are out of whack, things are topsy-turvy, things are confusing and things are chaotic, I believe the Spirit of God is hovering over our life, hovering over our world. And there's things, guys, we don't recognize it. We won't always see it. We, we won't always feel it. But I believe that his, He is present and He is working in our life. He is working in this situation. He is working in different things. Even when we don't even see it or think about it, His Spirit is hovering. But also said that He spoke. God was speaking into this chaotic debacled world and I believe he's doing the same now that he is speaking into our life you know really in a time like this when we find ourselves in a, in a time of debacle that God is the is the only one who can create order out of chaos who can bring purpose out of pain who can cause light to appear in darkness and who can breathe life into our world. Right now, in this debacled world that we're in, where things are topsy-turvy, God's voice, God's word, is the only one who can cause things to come together, be in order, for our life to be fulfilled, for us to be where we need to be, and for things to come back into its proper arrangement. Right now, Lord, uh, folks, God has not lost control. He's speaking. His spirit is hovering. In fact, he's, he never lost control. We when this whole thing came arise, he never once doubted. Right now, in a, in a time of debacle, we need to have faith. We can have faith right now. And if we would choose to just believe that God is over all of these things, that he is so good at bringing good from bad. In fact, the Bible goes on to tell us in the New Testament that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and who live according to his purpose. So that allows us to have faith to be able to still choose to believe God in the midst of a place of debacle right now. When things are chaotic, if we will believe him, he will cause good to come from this current bad. But there's also another place that we will find ourselves in. And it kind of is, befit, is fitting for all of these places we're going to talk about today. The place of detachment. There's a story in the Old Testament, kind of just halfway across the New, uh, Old Testament in Ezekiel 37. In Ezekiel 37, God gives Ezekiel a vision about God's people and how they are scattered across a valley. Their bones are detached and they're dried and they're, they're just scattered. 
It's in chapter 37, the first few verses. Ezekiel said, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor, and he said they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? And he said to me, and I, and I replied, You alone know the answer to that, Lord. And he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. And then this is what the sovereign Lord says. A place of detachment. Those bones representing God's people. said they were scattered. and They were dry. They were detached. In other words, they weren't where they needed to be. Things weren't put together the way it should be. Kind of like our current world right now. Um, The hot word, the buzzword, social distancing is everywhere. And we're practicing that as best as we can. Everything is remote. Schools are learning from a distance. People are working from a distance. Life is just really not what we planned. We didn't wake up one day and plan like this would be the greatest thing to happen. No, this is awful. But life, it, life happens that way. It, it is not what we, what we planned. And it leaves us with questions. And in fact, Ezekiel was, was left with a question. He was asked, can these people become living again? Can they live again? In other words, they once lived. Right now the picture is they're not because of their detached state. But can they come back together? We may ask the question like this. Will life get back to normal? Will this pass? When will this end? And the answer comes in the form of an action statement. The Lord told Ezekiel, hey, speak a prophetic word to these people and have them to listen to what the Lord says. And this is what he goes on to say in in that prophetic message. He says, the Lord says, I will put breath back into you. In other words, in your current state of detachment, of, of being distant and being removed and having to do things you're not used to doing right now, I will put breath back into you. I will make you live and thrive and not just survive. At a time right, right now for the church, we need to have a thrive mentality, not a survive mentality. I know we have to have our resources and we have to have our things, but at the same time, we can live with the breath of God in us. We can live with the life of God in us. He goes on to prophesy and say, I will put flesh and muscles on you. In other words, he's saying, the Lord says, I will make you strong. Where you're weak right now, if you'll trust me, if you'll believe me, if you'll have faith in me, I will make you strong. In fact, it's in our weakness where God becomes the strongest in our life. And he also says, I will cover you with skin. God said, I will put your life together. I will hold your life together. I will keep your life together. Right now is the best time that we can look to the Lord and put our whole trust and faith in him because he's the one who will keep us together. He, was the, he is the one who will hold our life together. We need to have faith right now in our place of detachment. We need to have faith right now in our place of detachment. That we need to choose to believe God that he sees us where we are and that he will actually bring us through this time. In fact, I would encourage you to do what Ezekiel did and that is just simply prophesy. 
You don't have to be super spiritual to prophesy. Prophecy is simply proclaiming the word of God over your life and into your life and into your situation. So I would encourage you, church, take time to take a few minutes every day and just to begin to speak life into your situation. Speak life into your home. Speak life into your children. Speak life into your marriage. Speak life into your own soul. Speak life into your job. Speak life into the church. Speak life into the city. Speak life into this country. Speak life into this world. Take a moment and prophesy over this current situation that yes, we will live. Yes, we will be strong. Yes, God is alive. Yes, God will hold us together. And through this, God will be seen. God will be heard. God will be felt because his love does go out across the masses and it will reach our life right where we are in our current state of detachment. But may we choose to believe God in this moment, in this hour, and in this season. But there's also another place. I want to come to you from the New Testament in John chapter 11. The place of darkness. This is a place where it is sometimes where it's hard to see beyond where we're at. It's hard to see beyond where we're at. It's a story about Lazarus and his two sisters, Martha and Mary. John 11, the first few verses, it says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Martha and Mary. And this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, and so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. This family was in a place of darkness. They were in a place of unknown. They were unable to see beyond where they currently were. But there was someone in this story who had the ability to see them in their current state, but also able to see them beyond where they were. Lazarus, a good friend of Jesus, he was very sick. His sister sent a message to the Lord, hey, can you get here? He's sick, we need you. Well, Jesus didn't respond um, right away, and he did not respond the way they expected him to. Um, you know, that's kind of hard to see past. When we just really believe and expect God to respond right away and respond the way we expect him to. We expect him to answer our prayers the way we want him to. And a lot of times that can happen. That does happen. But there are many times where that doesn't happen quite that way. He has another plan that's not our plan. Because the Bible does remind us and it's clear that God's thoughts and his ways are higher than ours and they are perfect beyond us. And that's where we have to put our hope. And that's where we have to put our trust. That in the midst of darkness. In a time where we can't see beyond where we are. God has a way of responding. And in the time frame that he will respond. It's kind of like our current world right now. We're in a place of unknown. We're limited to gatherings of all kinds. To a very, very small number. Uh, Again, schools are, are learning from a distance. Our kids are learning at home instead of in a particular classroom, per se. Everything is remote. Everything is distant. And unemployment is really high right now. Sickness is obviously a global thing. 
Uh, it's very trying right now, a very trying time uh, on our finances, a very trying time on our relationships, a very trying time on our emotions. Some of us were really just not used to being with our own family this much. And so we're like learning, having to figure out how to, how to interact again, how to talk again, how to think through certain things again, because life is just so different right now. It's a place of unknown. We, it's hard to see beyond where we currently are, you know. And Jesus knows that. He knew that in this story. In fact, his answer, he was telling his disciples, was that, hey, this happened for the glory of God. Lazarus, is, his, his life is not going to end in death. It's not going to be that way. This happened for the glory of God. You know, God has a plan to get glory from this current place of our life and to get glory for our good. He has a way to do it. He has a plan to do it. In fact, Jesus does show up. But he shows up four days late. Now, the, to us, it always feels like God's late. Because we have time frames. We have deadlines. But to God, he is really always on time. That's not just a cliche that preachers preach. Because we have to live this thing too. And it feels like God's late. But really, if we trust him... And he trusts in his sovereignty and trust in who he is. He's always on time. But Jesus shows up and he makes a promise when he shows up. And he tells Martha and Mary, he says, your brother will rise again. They, tell him, they told him, hey, he died because you were late. You could have done something about this. But he's dead. He's been in the grave for four days. But Jesus makes a promise in the midst of their extreme darkness, in the time of their unknown. He makes a promise and he tells them, hey, Lazarus will rise again. And what does that tell us today? That, hey, this darkness, this dark place of life we're in, it will not last forever. It will end. It will end. It will not go on forever. How can we be so sure? How could they be so sure in this story? Because of what Jesus goes on to tell them. He goes on to tell them. He said, hey, you can be sure because I am the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me will live. Anyone who has faith in me will live. I am the resurrection and the life. You know, God has the ability to see beyond where we currently are. We're limited. Our sight is limited. Hindsight's 2020, but looking ahead, it's limited, it's dark, it's unknown. But God has the ability to see beyond where we currently are, and He can see where He's going to take us. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. If you will have faith in me, if you will choose to believe me, you will actually live. You know, right now in a place of darkness, we need to choose to have faith. Right now in our place of unknown, we need to choose to believe that God sees us where we are. But he also sees beyond where we are because he knows. He has a plan. He knows where he's taking us. He knows the, how to make it come together. He knows how to deliver the answer because he is the answer. God is sovereign and in control. And church, we have to believe this. Friend, we have to believe this. I encourage you. I challenge you. I compel you. Put your faith in the one who will never disappoint. In the one who will never let you down. And that is the Lord himself. He is good. 
And he always has been good. And he will continue to be good. Even when life is not so good, we can experience the goodness of God. You know, we can have great faith right now in our life. Really because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. He's been in these places of life before. He's been in these same places that we find ourselves in right now. He's been in a debacle. Judas betrayed him. The soldiers arrested him. And the high priest condemned him. Jesus has been in a place of detachment. Peter denied him. Pilate tried him. And the crowd crucified him. He's been in total darkness before. He knows what it's like to be in the unknown. People buried him. God looked away from him. And death welcomed him. But here's the great news. He's no longer in those places. He's been where we are. But now, he speaks to us from a place of resurrection and life. He's been where we are. That's how come. That's why you and I in this world can trust in the goodness of God and who he is. Because he's been here. But he is no longer here in the sense of these places. He's lived through them. He overcame them. And he went through them for us. Today, we can have great faith because of Jesus. And again, having great faith does not, does not mean that we don't ever have our struggles or that we don't ever have our fears or anxieties or that we're not even afraid or scared. It means that in the midst of all of this, I'm going to choose to believe. I'm going to choose to believe in God. I'm going to choose to believe God in all of these things. In the place of a debacle, I'm going to believe God. In a place of detachment, I'm going to believe God. In a place of darkness and the unknown, I'm going to believe God. I encourage you, friend, choose to believe God no matter how you feel. How you feel is real. How you feel matters, and it matters to the Lord. And he says, if you'll come to me and you'll draw near to me and you'll bring me yourself and bring me all the things you're feeling right now, I can handle it. I can handle it. I've never stopped working. I've never stopped moving. To you, I might look delayed. To you, I might look denied. But really, I'm working. And I'm working things out for you. Right where you are in a place of a debacle, detachment, or in total darkness in the unknown. Right now, friend, draw near to the Lord. Have faith. Believe God in all things. Amen. Pastor Lindsay's going to come and pray and close things out for us today. Amen. What a good word today. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you. And right now we just take this word and we just tuck it in our hearts, God, and we just ask that you would help it to just take root, that faith would take root in our lives today. Lord, I pray for each and every person. If they are facing those times of debacle or detachment or darkness, that, Lord, right now you would have faith grow where they are. Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness and goodness of your word, for the faithfulness and goodness of your spirit. We thank you for being a faithful and good God. And we trust you 
And we have great hope in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.